0: Well, good morning, CrossBridge. Uh, this is a time that we normally take our offering, and um, you know, being online live, it's a little bit different just today. A but um, you know what? What you can do, if you're one of those people that love to write checks, you are more than welcome to write a check and just send it in the office. We'll get it. Uh, the office hours over the next few weeks are going to be kind of hit and miss, so um, would love just to have you mail it in, or maybe this is one of those times that. You just try the actual online feature, and, and a lot of people, I, I pay online or, yeah, or do type online. online, and online, is, online awesome. is a great way to do that. So there you go. Well, I just want to welcome you. Uh, maybe some of you are watching for the very first time. This is your first introduction to Crossbridge, and I just want to let you know that my name is Brad Maddox, and I'm the lead pastor here. This is Bruce Colbert. He's our executive pastor here, and uh, we're going to do a little team teaching today.
1: Yes, so thank you to Brad. This was actually my week to teach and uh, when we decided to do this online this week, uh, I just thought, you know, why should I carry the load? <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> I thought, Let's and, I talk, and I love to talk anyway. Right, so. why not? So, uh, yeah, so we're in this series seven, and we're just going to continue on with that today uh, like we would have if we were here all together. And we're walking through seven different times in the book of John, where uh, John was kind of pointing to um, things that he wanted people to know and to remember about who Jesus was. And uh, he had an agenda when he wrote his book, right? And he even tells us that right in the book. John is probably an older guy by the time he writes this. And uh, my guess is his friends were kind of saying, hey, before you, uh, you know, pass away or before you're not here right. no longer, let's make sure you, know, you were one of the guys who walked with Jesus when he was on this earth, you were around him. Let's make sure we write down the things that you saw, things that you heard, and, uh, and make sure we get that captured before, you know, you're not around to do that
0: anymore. The thing that's been amazing to me in this series is I realized, honestly, for the first time, and I've read John, I don't know how many times, is, is how intentional John actually was with what he was doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know,
0: he wasn't just, just, hey, here's some miracles. He... Pick and chose these right. seven miracles, what we call miracles, what are signs to point people to who Jesus was.
1: Right. And, and even tells us um, in John chapter 20, at the end of this letter that he writes or this book or this compilation of, of stories that he writes, um, he tells us exactly why he was doing it. And it says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So, I mean, he tells us right Right, there. It's basically like, hey, there's lots of stuff that happened while Jesus was here. Uh, And I'm only writing a few of them down. But the ones I've chosen, I've chosen because I'm hoping that these are the things that help convince you that Jesus really was the Messiah.
0: That I am the eyewitness. I right. lived through these. I saw these. I'm explaining them to you. So you have proof. You have evidence. Right. And so, yeah, we're just going to jump right in. We're going to be in John chapter 5. And uh, we're going to start with verse 1. And just kind of unpack this. One of these. Th- this is what you know, John calls as a sign. Okay? Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. Didn't say that right, but that's okay. That's and, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. I love the detail that he gives here.
1: Right. Like he was, I mean, he's yeah. talking about stuff that he he's saw. He's very specific about So
0: people yeah. who are reading this who know the area knew exactly where exactly. he was talking about. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had, been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Which seems like a,
1: you know, like, duh. Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Why duh. wouldn't I want to get well? Yeah. So Jesus goes to this place where, um, I mean, let's be honest, most people are not going there, right? Oh, These no. are the outcasts. Exactly. These are the people nobody wants to be around. Mm-hmm. They're sick. Um, they've got all kinds of health issues. Uh, but Jesus decides to go there, and, and he talks to this one particular guy who's been there Uh, at least 38 years. Uh, We don't know how old he was, um, but he's been there, you know, worried about getting better, trying to find a way to get better. And Jesus goes up and asks him, do you really want to get well? And, uh, you know, I think that's one of the questions that honestly, when we get in hard times uh, and we're kind of at that place where we want to complain about how our life is going, I think sometimes we have to look at ourselves in the mirror and kind of go, you know, do we really want to get well? Meaning, right. are you willing to do what it's going to take?
0: Exactly. And for, you and to for a well. lot of people, you know, we hate change. I hate change. Yeah. You know, and, and you've got to ask yourself, you know, the situation I'm in, do I really want to do what it's going to take to get me out of this situation? Yeah. And I think that's what what kind yeah. of Jesus I mean, I was talking about. It's
1: easier to go, uh, I'll just stay here and complain about it. <laughs> yeah, you know? And exactly. sometimes I think Jesus, um, you know, comes to us and goes, look, it's going to be harder, but... Are you willing to make the sacrifices? Are you willing to do the things that you know probably you're going to need to do yeah. to change exactly. and to get better? Exactly.
0: So, so it goes on in verse 7. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Talk to, yeah, explain this, what, what is actually going this on is here.
1: interesting because, uh, you know, at first glance you may be going, well, what is he talking about? getting in the pool and stuff. And uh, this uh, pool has actually been excavated. We excavated. Yes. We found it's it. It's there. We know it's there. You know, again, another kind of piece to the puzzle showing that what John is telling us is actually true. And what they found was there was actually an underground spring yep. at this pool. And so, um, you know, they didn't understand all of this stuff back then. You know, they're going from their perception of what's happening. And every once in a while, we believe this underground spring would um, allow water and air in and it would bubble. Right. And when it bubbled, you know, their perception was that, not seeing any other reason for it, that angels had come down and stirred the water. And so they believed that if you were the first one to get in the water when the bubbles came up, <laughs> the first one in wins. First one in wins. <laughs> last wins, rotten egg. You know, like, yeah. um, you would be healed because the water was being stirred by angels. Right. Now, you know, obviously we know that there was a natural reason for that, but that was the belief. Right.
0: And, and this is a very superstitious um, people. Right. I mean, the generation right. they're living in yeah. is very su- superstitious. You know, you understand that the pagan world, they believe in all kinds of gods and things. And it's just normal. Right. Yeah,
1: yep. e- exactly. Absolutely.
0: So it goes on. Verse eight, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walk after 38 years, you can Eight imagine years, what's, yeah. what, what the scene looks like at this point. Yeah. Here's the crux of the whole story. This is <laughs> yeah. what, what we're led to. is the day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, "It is a Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat." Yeah
1: So, <laughs> so as you're reading this story, right, you think this story is like, uh, this is such a cool story, God has compassion does some, does something Jesus, amazing. Does something amazing, right? And yeah. and what the story actually leads us to is John writing about this to point out here's how the Pharisees reacted. Right. What they were most concerned about was that Jesus healed this guy on the Sabbath.
0: There's not even a hint of rejoicing no. or being glad or being joyous <laughs> right. for this man who right. for 38 years could not live a normal life. Right. And now all of a sudden Jesus does something absolutely amazing. God heals somebody and they're upset.
1: Yeah, first thing in their mind is, who did this? Who did this? Why? You know, <laughs> it was on the Sabbath. And uh, uh, it's interesting that it says the Jewish um, leader said, "The law forbids you to carry your mat." Uh, where that comes from is um, that the uh, there was the original Ten Commandments that we have in our book of Exodus, and um, that Ten Commandments grew into. Uh, what was called the tradition of the elders or in a sense called the oral law and what that was is you know you had these commandments that god gave to the israelite people and then basically over time the um, the religious leaders set up all these rules kind of like a fence around the 10 commandments that were basically to safeguard you from ever um, going against one of the commandments. So, so you, couldn't,
0: you couldn't you even get close to breaking close one, to one of the ten commandments. So if yeah. we put this this tradition in, then we know that you can't break right. the the real law.
1: If you abide by this rule, yeah.
0: then you won't. You won't ever break have to worry this, about it.
1: Which, you know, sounds like it kind of makes sense.
0: Because so often <laughs> what we try to do is we try to get as close to the sin line as we. I mean, True. how many times have we been asked? Well, is this really a sin? You yeah. know. And I think basically I've asked that question and. And I think basically we get to a point is how close can I get to the line without sinning, right, right, you know? Right. And so they're guarding. So you understand where it came from, right. but they took it to a whole other level. They
1: took it to a whole new level. And the problem was that they regarded this fence, this perimeter, this oral tradition that they came up with uh, as the, at the same level as the actual law that was given to them by God. They were seen as just as important And just as much from God as what the original law was from God. And that caused some problems. Right. Because, you know, some of those fences, depending on the circumstance, depending on what was happening at the time, you could actually abide by a law and still, you know, maybe, um, you know, commit a sin. Or you could um, break a law and still be okay according to God's law. Right, right. that's kind of the situation and, we ran and,
0: into. And you know, for those of you who have read a lot of the, the New Testament, you you know, there's this 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 thing between Jesus and the Pharisees, right. and and this is what it stems from a lot of the times, putting undue burdens on other people, you know. And and I think part of the issue is that you think we look at it and say, well, why would they do that? But this is something we honestly do sure. on on a, on a regular basis. We were talking earlier about about this very thing. And, and, you know, we have made ourselves some man-made made laws. Absolutely. And and, and I, I was laughing. I said, you know, I remember my dad talking about how when he grew up, he couldn't play cards at home.
1: I was the same way.
0: You know, couldn't, yeah, You, my whole you, household you just either. did not play cards. And I remember we got our first pool table and dad said, oh, my mother right now is rolling yeah. in her grave because those were only in bars. So you couldn't possibly ever go play pool.
1: Uh, mine was the same way growing up in a household where we didn't have cards because cards were used of gambling. So mm-hmm. Not having cards or not playing cards was at the same level of uh, as a law given by God. And so if we played cards, it was sin. Right. And yet the heart may have been right, keep us away from sin. Right. But the thing that we put as a rule, as a law, actually wasn't yeah. sin. And I would have missed out on playing euchre the rest of the oh, time. Can you imagine? <laughs> and,
0: and then what we do is is we start trying to manipulate behaviors by doing that. Yeah. And whether you are good or bad, or whether you are in or out based on things that really are not scripturally based, true, and so exactly. you know and so we think you know we think, well, how could the Pharisees do that, but honestly, and I guess the question for us is is, what are some of those things that we even do right. and we'll get to some of that stuff later I think. yeah, yeah. And so
1: in this particular case, basically what the Pharisees were saying was there was a part of the oral tradition, not the law God gave. But part of the oral tradition, the law was um, honor the Sabbath and keep it holy, which right. is, is something we probably need to do better at. Right, these right, days. yes. But the oral tradition was, well, to do that meant you can't carry anything on the Sabbath. That was where they put the fence. Exactly. And so now they're saying because this guy picked up his mat, he was carrying something on the Sabbath and therefore sinning. Yeah, and that's where Jesus kind of had a different perspective.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and when you really break down, I think what God was trying to accomplish with this, the the the, the ten the commandment was actually made for us. Right. It was made right. for us for something that that we can participate in to give us some rest. Right. It wasn't, hey, here's here's something that I don't want to see you, you know. Not do, and now I'm going to squish you for it. It's right. a matter of this is what's good for you. This, what's best this for you. is what's best for you. This is what's healthy. It, it was made out of, out of out of love for us, not a restriction type of deal. Exactly. And they took it again to a to a whole other. It was you actually wrote on here compassion. Yes. It was made out of compassion for us. Right. And so you th- a lot of times you look at these these commandments and things that God gave us, and you think, man, he just he just doesn't want us to have any fun. This is a <laughs> proof of. Man, God loves us. He has compassion for us, and he wants what's best for us. And and this is, again, like what you just said, is this is an area that a lot of people struggle in. Yeah. It is And especially in our culture, in our society, where it's go, 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 go. And yeah. we've got to learn to, to, to take that breath, to have margin in our lives that we can breathe. That's part of the Sabbath. Not necessarily one day, right. a specific day, but a way for us just to, you know,
1: Right. Take right. a breath. So, so the commandment, the Ten Commandments that we have, this commandment was honor the Sabbath and keep it holy, was uh, partly to set aside a day for us to think about God and, and who he is. Right. But part of it, like you said, was for our good to take a break. It's the way God designed us to take a break. And so it was meant to be something that was a positive for us. And now the Pharisees came along, or the leaders over time, had come along and added to that. Well, that means you can't pick up your mat. And now we're in a situation where Jesus does something good, yeah. does something out of compassion for someone, but it's against this oral tradition. Right. And uh, the principle here, I guess, that we're talking about is that um, when we get to the place with our rules or traditions or our ideas of what it means to that to, to be a Christian or, or Christ follower, when... Those things become more important than the who yeah. that they were designed for. That's when we can get ourselves in trouble.
0: Exactly. Right? So exactly. That's,
1: that's what we got to watch out for. Right. Here.
0: Yeah. So th- this next section we want to talk about is just you know, um, <laughs> again. It, we have it here as the why behind the what, and I think that's what we explain. You know, you got to understand the reasoning behind behind this. There's there's right. there's reasons for this. There's, right. you know, God knows there's consequences for sin. There's consequences for the way we live our life, and He's trying to protect us from from those kind of right. things.
1: Yeah. So when um, when we're up against, is this the right thing to do or not? Uh, especially when we're looking at, we were talking about this um, a little while ago, actually. That, uh, you know, everything that we read from Scripture comes with our perspective and our yeah. interpretation in it, right? Right. It's funny, over the years, we've had lots of people tell us, well, we should just preach the Bible. What they really mean <sighs> is you should preach my interpretation, interpretation of, of the, the Bible. Bible. Because anytime any of us up here are talking, we're always interpreting what's being said. You, you can't read scripture without your own interpretation
0: yeah and people are bristling right now yeah and (laughs) And we understand that that's a hard thing and it makes i mean we've had those discussions where we've bristled we say now hold it but i think that is such a great great point is that you know when people say well you just need to teach the bible we totally totally agree with that but again it's it's about what we're trying to get out of how we live our lives and how that affects us and how we live you know a a christ-centered jesus-centered way of thinking life
1: right And part of what Jesus came to do was to model for us and say, um, my focus, my purpose is the people here. The people. The people. And so if there's interpretations, if there's laws, there's rules that you've put together that um, demean or break down or go against showing compassion or go against showing love, then you're going against what God's intent.
0: I have never found a piece of, of scripture that shows Jesus siding with what what the Pharisees thought the law was. Right. over a person. Over a person. He always, always, always yeah. went for the people. Yeah,
1: and you've compassion, heard us, loving the people. Yeah, you've heard us use that phrase that other pastors have coined. Um, you know, what does God require of me? Yeah, that's the question. Yeah. It's not what rule am I breaking? Right. Because sometimes the rules that we've made, even in my life. Uh, can end up hurting when I really need to stop and go. Wait a second. What does love require?
0: What me? does love require me? And and when you think about John and, and and how much he tried to draw us into saying that God is love. God is love. God is love. Uh,
1: yes, and if you and over ever
0: over. have a question of you know is this right? Is this wrong? What should I do in this situation? Because you, you're trying to think. I am. I am. Am I breaking a commandment? I'm breaking a law? Right. And here's this person. You are never going to err if you love, Exactly. if you love. Now, some people are going to push back and say, well, loving them is telling them, hey, this is the law, you're breaking the law. (laughs) What do you do with that?
1: Uh, That's not
0: in the notes, by the way. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Brad. (laughs) Um,
1: You know, again, I would go back to Jesus' example every time, like you said, it it still comes back to, um, if you could show me where that rule or that guideline is rooted in what's best for the person, then... You know we can have that discussion and it's always it's not always black and white it is honest. not always black and white it's messy sometimes
0: would you say that over the over the years though that that you started with a black and white I
1: did yeah, I did.
0: yeah. And, and that's the same way with me
1: and I've changed my mind a lot, yeah, and, and even we've had discussions before where uh I would admit to you that that makes me feel very liberal sometimes yeah, like, what has happened now we've
0: really got people yeah. personally <laughs> and uh <laughs> uh but
1: it's really challenged me and I've changed yeah. over the years, not that I think. It's not that they're saying that there's no absolutes or nothing not. like no. that. But no. it really has pushed me to say, now, wait a second. Why do I believe that's right? Or why do I believe that's wrong? Or why do I think that group of people, Right. you know, I have this preconceived idea of who they are. Yeah. And I have to really stop myself and go, time out. Is that what love requires of me? I have to rethink that. Exactly. Not by the fence that we've put up. But by the original commandments. And what,
0: and what we see Jesus doing and how exactly. Jesus. And here's the thing I would just, I would just caution you, and, and, and we've been caught in some of these discussions with other people, but if, if that's something that you say, oh, I don't know about that, you know, I don't know about that, yeah. Brad Bruce, I, I, I don't know if I can go there, we would love to have Absolutely. that discussion with you. And, and, and not that, you know, again, not trying to convince you, let's just have a discussion yep. on, on that and, and not just say, oh, you know, no, I you know, and put up walls.
1: Because because what we were talking about earlier is, I think the posture we have to have with that on both sides is, I have to get to a place where I'm willing to admit my interpretation might be wrong. Absolutely. And so I have to be open Absolutely. and say, well, wait a second, let me hear what you have to say. Let me see what scripture says. Let's try to work through this together.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you, that is, <laughs> I've changed a lot in that. That's, that's where I've got because I had a set of, of beliefs and saying, hey, this is, this is what I believe, and, and I went in trying to defend it right. instead of trying to have a discussion with it. Right. And here's what I have found for, for myself is that it, I've had this position or this thought of, of what I believe I've got to believe yeah. because of what I've been taught, not necessarily what I've right. seen in Scripture, and then I met somebody that that <laughs> changed my mind on that. you know I, I met somebody who was struggling in life, struggling in 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 what they are thinking what they 're believing and and now i 'm thinking you know i just can 't lump them into a certain category right and i i, I think that 's where we've got to get to i don 't know right. if I made sense if you can clean that up no, that'd be great I, I know what
1: you mean is um you know you 've thought one way and you thought it was black and white right, and then you meet somebody who's maybe dealing with that very thing that you thought was black and white, and you hear their story. And and
0: I'm, I'm thinking, if I was in their shoes, yeah. I'd probably think yeah. or act or believe the exact same thing that they are. Yeah. So now how do I come alongside them right. in a loving way? And, and maybe some of the things they are doing are, is wrong, but, but it changes how I deal with them exactly. to a certain degree. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's where we got to get to. Yeah. And it goes back again, you know, and it, we're in this book of John, and he keeps saying, here's who Jesus is, and God is love. God is love. God is love. John three sixteen. we all know so well. For God so loved the world, the world,
1: the, world, the, people, the people, the people in right. it,
0: that he gave his son. The,
1: the reason the, he gave his son was for the
0: people. And, and you've got to understand that John, and we'll talk about this more in, in, in future weeks, is that you know, John, there came a time when, when Jesus is dead and John's thinking, this was all wrong. Yeah, right. you know, I, I, I gave my life to, to something that
1: right.
0: is gone now. He must not have been the Savior. And now all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, I get it all. And now he's writing this to us to say, you need to get it also. So there
1: you go. And so back to our story. Um, (laughs) Basically, that's the discussion that's happening there between the Pharisees who were going, wait a second, you broke a law. You carried your mat versus Jesus showing compassion and love and healing someone on the Sabbath. So let's read a couple more verses here. Okay. You want to do 11?
0: Yeah, right. I've got 11 here. It says, But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, You know, she doesn't even know who yeah, Jesus is. He doesn't even know who it was. <laughs> pick uh, up your mat and walk.
1: You know, that guy. Yeah, that guy.
0: <laughs> this guy, I don't know. All I know is he told me to get up and walk, and man, I am dancing at this point. <laughs> so they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? Yeah. The man who was healed yep. had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. <laughs> yeah. And I love this,
1: which is awesome. That, yeah, I'm not even. Sure. I was so caught up in, I don't know. Somebody told me to stand up, and I was able to. That I didn't even catch the guy's name. I'm not even sure who it was, but this guy told me to get up and walk. And um, little sidebar here: part of what's going on in this culture too, recognize is that um, there was this belief that if you were ill, like especially like this right. invalid, that it was due to sin. In fact, God was basically punishing you. Right that either you sinned or your parents sinned. That was one of the prevalent beliefs, again, that was wrong, but that's what they believed uh, during that time. That was another one of those fences that they put up to try to keep people from sinning was, you know, well, if you sin, you know, you could be endangering your children as well. And so they're looking at this guy who's been um, at the pool for 38 years, can't walk, and in their mind, they're going, well, you deserved it somehow. God's punished yeah, you. Exactly. Either you sinned or your parents sinned somehow and you're paying the price for it. Right. So there's not a whole lot of love going that direction already yeah. from the, the religious leaders. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and so the story continues. It says, later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who made him well. <laughs> and, and, and I tell you, this is interesting because as, as I've read this, and maybe you've read this uh, before, you say, see, he's telling him not to sin. Yeah. And there's actually an <laughs> alternate, and, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, yeah. but, but just unpack a little bit of what could possibly Maybe yeah. it's out there a little bit, but, but what yeah. might be happening here? This,
1: this is, uh, we heard another pastor talk about this. There's no consensus mm-hmm. among religious leaders what this conversation really meant when Jesus told this guy, who he's just healed, right, uh, go and stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. And people struggle to figure out what there, does that There's mean? no
0: consensus right like, now on what, what, right. what this really is. And
1: so here's, here's a possibility. We're not saying we know for sure. But it's almost like Jesus is being sarcastic. Yeah. Right. Like I think Jesus is funnier than what we give him credit for. Yeah. This is one of those. I I actually was thinking about um, John telling this story. Yes. And and he's probably actually telling it to somebody who's writing it down because he's old at this point. Yeah. Probably not writing. And I just wonder if John's telling it like He's, Jesus goes up there and goes, hey <laughs> stop sinning right or, some, or something worse no, like so, what could be worse right. than 38 years crippled
0: and not being able to pool. take care of yourself right. laying by pool hoping yeah, yeah. something happens
1: So it's almost like there's this sarcasm in Jesus's voice going obviously you were laying because you were sinning so you should stop sinning yeah. and, you know other something worse is going to happen Yeah It you know I think it again is just What John is trying to convey to us is: look at this example, where it was um, somebody who, a group of people who had a theology, or an ideology, or rules, or perceptions of how things should be, and yet those things in this situation went against showing love and compassion. Exactly. And and I think what John's just trying to say is when those two things happen. your theology is
0: wrong. That is great stuff right there. You know, it's If it's, your theology, your stance, your political views, whatever goes against loving someone else right. or caring for them, then you're not in a good place.
1: I would hate to be on the wrong side of God's heart. Exactly. You know, and so we got to, exactly. you know, again, we're not about anything goes. It's not, there's no uh, things in scripture to guide us. There's no guardrails in our lives. That's not what we're saying. But if, if we find those things that we've held on to and we find ourselves in a situation where we have to make a choice and we choose our rule or ideology or theology over passion, uh, man, I don't, I don't think that's a great place to be. I wouldn't want to be on that side of No, God.
0: exactly. And, and I think that question, we've said this before, you know, when you get to one of those situations where you're having a, a, a tough time is what does love, love require. require of me? And it it changes our mindset. And, yeah, you may have to have some discussions. You may have to have some tough discussions. But we get there to the end. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So uh, let's just wrap up. Final thoughts. Yeah. uh, That's, I guess, kind of what we want to challenge you. Uh, Maybe two things today. One is, you know, think through this as John's telling the story, um, you know, trying to make us think who do we think Jesus is and who's this guy who's coming and pushing back against some of the, the religious leaders of that time. Um, but then we want to really ask you to challenge yourself to think: um, Is there an area in my life yeah. where I've chosen a rule or a thought or a black and white over compassion over love? Um, you know, can you think of one of those things and really force yourself to go: Is that something I need to rethink? Do I need to process this right. with someone? At else?
0: least at, am I am I open? Right. Am I at least open to either being wrong or saying, you know, can I have this discussion that? That I can get to a different place where I may still hold that view, but now I'm compassionate and loving in that view instead of chasing people away from me.
1: And, and I think you can get there. Um, and my experience has been it, it takes a little while um, if you grew up kind of like I did. But you can get there and be guilt free. Like because you get to the place where you really understand, wait a second, this is really God's heart. Right. I'm, I'm aligning my heart more with him. I'm not just getting soft. I'm not just, right. you know, like I said, letting everybody do anything they want. It actually is bringing me more in line with God's heart for loving people. Yeah. And, and that's exciting.
0: Yeah. So, Why don't you pray for us? We and pray then I'll close us. us. Okay.
1: God, thanks so much for today. Thanks for uh, Brad being willing to discuss this with me. And um, I just pray, God, that as today, as people are watching online, that they would be challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, that you would draw closer to them uh, and maybe point them to a place in their life, a a thought or a belief um, that you want to challenge in them. Maybe something that as soon as it comes to mind, it kind of hardens their heart against a person or a group of people. And that you would just begin to soften that in them and break that down and um, just draw them closer to your heart of love. So, God, we just thank you for a place and an opportunity like this to, to take steps towards you and align our hearts with you. Thanks, God, for that opportunity. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us um, today. It's kind of unusual circumstances that we are in, and this is not going to end anytime soon. And we're making some decisions yet this week of exactly how we're going to proceed. We know for sure. Um, Next week, and probably for several weeks, probably. we are going to be doing the same thing. And uh, so we will see you hopefully next Sunday at 1030, uh, Facebook and YouTube, and we'll see you then. Have okay. a great week.
1: Thanks, everybody. It's been changing so fast. Uh, can we start this Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we have no idea what the heck we're doing we haven't got a clue you know Uh, what we need
1: is fog yeah oh that'd be awesome that'd be
0: awesome this is terrible
1: this is what happens when your brain dead
0: exactly okay this is it for sure this is gonna be it yep this is it all right you know, we love being able to... We have no idea what we're doing. And so so, so we're just hoping that this thing actually plays, and you get something out of it. You, if you, you do, it's going to be an
1: absolute miracle. You may not even be able to watch this, <laughs> this week, which is probably good for you. Cause... All right. Okay. One more time. One more time.
0: Let's do it. Hey, welcome, everybody, to Crossbridge Community Church. We are so glad that you joined us. So this. glad. <laughs> so,
1: I was trying to find some way to say something without just standing here looking like an idiot.